Hey, good morning, everybody. It's Tony Fleming. This is our 8 a.m. book club call. We do this call every Saturday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern, and we talk about a particular book. We don't call it the book of the month. We call it the book of the moment because in the moment that we that's what we're reading because we'll go over a month real fast. Um, but today I got I'm doing a little bit something different. Um, we actually, let me say this too, we actually put this on a podcast platform, uh, you know, 16 different ones, Breaker, iTunes, Apple, you know, things like that, Spotify, and you can go and listen to the podcast also, and I, I suggest you do that. That's why we put them there, because replay is the key. That's repetition over and 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 over before it just becomes a part of you. I mean, literally comes a part of you. And, uh, man, we talked about that on the Friday Mindset Call, on the bang, 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 bang. <laughs> Should have named it that, because <laughs> that's what a lot of y'all are, bang, 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 bang. <laughs> if you missed the Friday Mindset Call, so you don't know what the bang, 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 bang is, but um, what I want to do is I only got 15 minutes. I got to got 15 minutes today because I got a we got a meeting we're doing, and I don't want to come from the psychology of money because I want to talk longer about that. Okay, so I just want to kind of finish up a little bit on what I did on on Friday, and uh, and then we'll get back on the psychology of money uh, next Saturday. But um, now, quickly, let's talk about. Drifting versus waiting, because you know when I finished up the um, when I finished up the um, the subject of importance of focus, uh, we stopped right there at the dangers of drifting. So I want to pick up from that, read a little bit, and don't have much time today, but I wanted to come on and give you something. So it says one of the most important qualities of effective leadership is to focus. Focus, man. Without focus, it's impossible to move forward to achieve your goals. Effective leaders, whatever their title, uh, are able to keep themselves and those around them on task. Those who lack focus in their personal lives and in their careers tend to drift. Years ago, on one of the first cruises my wife and I took, I visited the bridge of the Behemoth Ocean liner we were sailing on and spoke with the captain. I asked him about the biggest seas he's ever sailed in which that ship, uh, with that ship. He told me that he had been in the seas with 90-foot waves. So imagine that, 90-foot waves. You Right now you are, what, five feet tall? Some of y'all about five, five maybe. Uh, imagine 90 feet. So he's in the ship, and he's dealing with 90 feet waves. Impressed, I inquired about how he managed to keep the ship intact. He told me that while 90-foot waves were daunting, the ship could negotiate them quietly, handily, as long as it didn't lose power. It didn't lose power. If you lose power in big seas in, in any boat, you're in serious trouble. Under power, he explained, the boat can stay um, perpendicular to the waves. 
Without power, the boat would drift parallel to the waves and be capsized or swamped. Be capsized or swamped. That is the danger of drifting. In acting as a leader, you can handle just about anything that comes your way as long as you don't lose power and drift. Power is the sense and the ability to stay engaged in what is going on. That's focus, man. So you lose power when you get to drifting around, doing 10 other things. I understand the multitasking, and I understand you had to have other streams of income. But I always talk about having one stream first. And a lot of people don't have that one stream yet. So focus doesn't mean that you have control over every situation any more than a boat has control over the waves. Rather, in the ability to engage the situation with intent, with focus. Drifting and waiting. <laughs> God, oh, hold on a second, hold on a second. Okay, all right, um, what was that? <laughs> that was my infamous DJ calling, trying to find the room that we're in today. So it threw me all off track. But, yeah, power, 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 power. You lose power when you lose focus. Your engine slows down. <laughs> and that's somebody calling me the wrong number. The engine slows down when you lose power. When you start talking to friends about all these other things, and and not only that, when you start hanging around negative people, you lose power. And so you won't be able to handle those 90-foot waves that's coming your way. You say, well, Tony, I'm on, a, I'm on land. I don't have 90-foot waves. Yeah, you do. It's negativity. Negativity is ten times the size of you, and it's, it's coming at you. But but he said, what did he say? He said, as long as the boat, the ship doesn't lose power, I'm good. I can make it through that. But when you lose power, you're susceptible to any little negativity, any little thing that's coming your way, any little criticism, any little thing like that. And you start drifting. Waiting is an intentional choice. It requires patience and deliberation. See, you can have power and working and still waiting. Waiting doesn't mean sitting still on the sofa waiting on the Lord to bless you. Waiting means you keep going and keep going and keep going. And in that process, if you keep going, that's a waiting period because you might not be having the success you want, but eventually it's going to come. See, drifting takes away your power of choice. When you wait, you believe that something will happen. Although you may not know when, instead of acting trashily or, let's say trash with a T, instead of acting rationally or impetuously, you pause to gather information and seek insight. Seek insight. Talk to your mentor. Talk to your coach. Seek insight. Drift the results from the rudderlessness and lack of direction. When you drift, it doesn't even take particularly large waves to capsize the boat. See, when you drift, you're losing power every day. When you don't stay plugged into the calls, when you don't read what's suggested, when you're not making the calls that you should do every day, when you're not doing, you're drifting. Okay, I'll skip that. I'll skip that. I'll skip that. I'll skip that. 
And what and what what was the uh, squirrels doing while you were skipping that? <laughs> Grinding. Did the squirrels go? Did the squirrels go ninety percent of the day for the food? Were they going at it all night while you were asleep? And you wake up, and the squirrels having a party on the bird feeder. But you were asleep. See, when you wait, you believe that something would happen. See, drifting results from from rudderless and lack of direction. It doesn't even take a large way to knock you off, off course. It's all too easy to begin become distracted or lulled into complacency because you know it. You are drifting. A simple lack of attention can cause you to lose the power of purpose and engagement. Instead of initiating action, you become paralyzed. Rather than acting, you find yourself acted upon. According to the National Association of Professional Planners, the average American's desk has about 52 hours of unfinished work on it. <laughs> Look at your desk. I make sure I clear every doggone thing off my desk. Every day I'm moving it, getting it off my desk. Because it says it has 52 hours of unfinished work on it. A recent study of knowledge workers found that they face a distraction every 11 minutes on average. And that one distraction, it takes them 25 minutes to get back on task at hand. I told you, and I was thinking the other day about my phone, but I told you the Georgia quarterback during his senior year, he uh, he, he went and got a flip phone instead of an iPhone. And he said because he wasn't focused. All day long he was on that phone, doing something on social media, doing this, doing that. So... He got that flip phone. Now, I'm not telling you to do that because I just thought about that the other day. I can't do it because i got to have too many people responding to me, and i got to respond back. But you get the point. You know, you get the point. Um, a recent study of knowledge workers found that they face a distraction. We talked about that just in 11, every 11 minutes. Now, according to a study conducted at the University of Michigan, and this was conducted in 2005, so you imagine what it is now in 2020, 40% of the workers' productive productivity is eaten up by task switching. That is the time that it takes to mentally re-engage with shifting from one task to another. We live in a world of perpetual distraction. We are never caught up. Whenever that means multitasking, once valued as a product, productive tool, now more than, than that, now creates a sense of activity while actually decreasing output. So multi, multitasking at one time was, you know, considered, you know, good. Now? Mm-mm. It's draining the main activity. Now, see, the unimportant and the trivial consume the time we should spend doing significant, meaningful work. And it comes about because we neglect focus. Each of us faces demands beyond our control. Customers make requests. Colleagues ask for assistance. And bosses are both enlightened and unenlightened. Pile on work. These are valid explanations for why it's hard to focus. But they are not an excuse for being unfocused. We want to use the excuse. Some, some of the full-time people that's doing this type of business full-time need to realize what Art Williams said. Let me put on my Art Williams voice. 
said, ain't no taxi cab driver. I'm not a babysitter. I'm not a loan officer. <laughs> I'm a motivator and a recruiter. <laughs> I said, when the folks find out that you got a home-based business and you're working hard from your home, they want to call you. They want, to, want you to drive them around. I ain't no taxi cab driver. They want to bring the kids by the house since you're there all day and leave them with you. I ain't no babysitter. <laughs> then they say, they see you making money, then they want to come by. I ain't no loan officer. I say, I'm focused, man. I'm a motivator and a recruiter. You ain't going to sidetrack it. <laughs> He said, I was conducting a, a seminar in Pittsburgh, and at the morning break, a man approached me. I had talked about the importance it was as having written goals and, and range plans. He said, do you have a written long-range plan? I said, yes, I do. He said, can I see it? He wanted to see it if I practice what I preach. I said, well, I left it at home. I don't care with me when I'm on the road. He said, you, you really should. Would you like to see my long-range goal? I had a feeling I didn't really have a choice. But he reached into his wallet and took out an index card that had been cut down to one size. And on the index card were three goals. Number, goal number one, retire age 65, financially independent. Goal number two, maintain excellent physical condition and health. Goal number three, travel extensively throughout the United States and abroad. These very simple goals on a worn, tattered index card that he keeps in his wallet. He then asked me, how old do you think I am? Now, admittedly, I'm not good at judging age, but he looked at, he looked at to be in the face in his late 40s or early 50s. He informed me that he was two years from retirement. He was 63 years old, and I could tell just from looking at him, he was in excellent physical condition and health. Then he went on to say, you know, when I retire, I won't be outrageously wealthy, but I have enough money saved up that I don't have to depend on anyone to support me. If Social Security system fail, I'll be okay. He had achieved financial independence. He then told me that he had visited most of the 50 states and several foreign countries. After he retired, he planned to spend three to six months per year traveling abroad. All this is in his goals. He had obviously gone a long way in accomplishing these three life goals, and he had written on the index card. He asked me, do you know how I've been able to accomplish all these? You can hear about it in an idea in a seminar. You can read about it in a book. But when you meet the idea in action, it has a certain point, <laughs> has a certain impact on you, he said. When I wake up each morning, I take out this card as I put it together on my daily to-do list, and I ask myself, is what I'm going to do? Moving me closer to my dreams. I hate that song. A lady used to play that song. I said, when I called to her house, she had it on her voicemail. Closer to my dreams. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> closer to. It might still be on her voicemail right now. But. Um, so he says, 
uh, I ask myself, is what I'm doing today moving me toward closer to one of the things, uh, my long-range goals? If it isn't, I, I prioritize it, and I very often I don't do it. He learned that having a clear focus, man, helped him evaluate what he was doing each day to determine if he would be able to help him achieve the picture he had held in his life, his future view. That is the power, that is the power of focus, folks. And i got to stop right now because i got to get over to this place. All right, I'm out of here. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.